lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Yes, we are back after vacation. This year we decided to try and spread it out a little bit more rather than take a whole bunch you know, in the fourth quarter that because we, we didn't take enough during the rest of the year, especially with it being an election year. So uh, my name is Steve Dace, in case you had forgotten. Uh, his name is Todd Erzin, and you don't need to know that guy over there's name. He only makes it happen, and we couldn't possibly do this without him. His name is Aaron McIntyre. We have forgotten all of your names. Please don't email them to me, though, all at once, because that would be annoying. Uh, but uh, you can try little by little. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, MeWe Parlor and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. And um, we had a great time in Vegas. I got a lot of nice notes from people wishing us a great time. Thank you very much. Um, I'd only been there for business before. I'd never been there for pleasure. Um, we saw a bunch of shows only one of them, I you know, the Blue Man Group, I thought was okay. I didn't, I've never been into them. Uh, my wife's a big fan. She was disappointed, but I had no uh, anticipation, so I thought it was okay. Um, I don't know what the uh, Cirque du Soleil Beatles show, that was my idea. I don't know what that was. I, I oh, what the, I was like, uh, uh, what the hell is this? I mean, I had that look on my face. I had that mullet gift guy, WTF look on my face, like throughout the vast majority of it. Okay. I never in my life thought I would hear you say the Cirque du Soleil was my idea. Well, it was a Beatles show. I hardly know you anymore. It was a Beatles show, you know, so I thought it was okay. (laughs) And then I, then we went to the top rated, according to Yelp, the top, we're like, we're in Vegas, got to see a magic show. We figured it'd be David Copperfield, right? No, it was some guy named Chris Angel that I guess has been around forever. I never heard his name before. And then his show starts off with this like massive montage of all these pop culture icons referring to him or having him on their shows from like Oprah to Adam Sandler to all kinds of people. And I'm like, how is it possible I've never heard this guy's name before? Magic. Yeah. Uh, But uh, he was actually, that was fairly enjoyable. Um, But uh, we had a great time. Um, uh, One of our, maybe our chief mucky muck here. Uh, at uh, Blaze Media, uh, he recommended we stay at the uh, um, was it Aria. We stayed at the Aria, and it was very, very nice. Yeah, and the the Italian restaurant there, the Carbone restaurant. I mean, it was you know I'm a bit of an Italian food connoisseur, obviously, being a little uh, Sicilian myself, and it was I mean it was phenomenal. The ambiance and everything. I will tell you though. I did see, and it was hard not, two things that were hard not to notice. There were a lot of May-December couples there. If you, do you know what that, what that means? Okay. Yes. Okay. A lot of May-December couples with the woman was May and the guy was December. Right? A lot of those. Okay. I mean, a lot of those. You don't know what that means? No, I don't. means a lot of older men with younger women there. Oh, okay. Demonstrably younger gotcha. women too. Gotcha. Okay. There was a lot of that. Uh, everywhere we went. The other thing we saw is I would say about 20 to 25 percent of the people were still wearing masks that we saw. But of that 20 to 25 percent, I'd guess 70 to 75 percent of them were Asians. Hmm. So apparently that's just an, a, a culturally inherent thing to do um, that, that they are just used to it uh, from a compliance perspective. Um, so 
those were that was kind of our big weekend trip. I know you uh, moved into a new house. Yes, we did. All right. Yeah. So the McIntyres, you guys are like an official family or something now. We you got are. a kid in a house. Exactly. No, no one died. No one died. You didn't kill each a other over guy, your first house move. Poor guy in our in our small group rolled his ankle really bad, but other than his ankle being completely uh, obliterated, nothing was damaged. In the move, not even a, not even your relationship, not even our relationship. Don't, I no. mean, don't take that for granted uh, when you're getting ma- when you're married. So that you guys pulled that one off. That's cool. Maybe with a teething toddler, um, the Lord decided one annoying McIntyre <laughs> was enough for you guys at this particular moment. Yes. What did you guys do? It was pretty tame, and and this was kind of a working vacation for me. You've got me on something, and uh, I had to put in some. Decided hours, to use so. some time to catch up on that stuff. Yes. Yeah, I'm, we're looking forward to telling people about that, yeah. but it's not quite time yet. Okay, but it's it. I keep waiting for one time I go through to be like, yeah, this doesn't. Every time I'm like, what the hell, man? And I'm I'm trying to in my head sort this out and what order this is going to yeah. go in, you know? And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine you're sitting there listening to the stuff that you are transcribing live, and I'm just. Like not breathing. Do okay. I go chaos hell damnation or damnation chaos, chaos hell? Which yeah, one? Yes, exactly. Everybody's like, all right, tell us, tell us. We will here. We can't tell you for a few more months, but uh, but yeah. Uh, so thank you for getting caught up on that uh, as well. Uh, also, on my way here, uh, I got caught up. Actually, I took a bunch of built bars with me. Um, I was, no. I did. Yeah. So I had my, my protein with, I had one of my uh, side stacks of the uh, pump, paranormal pumpkin uh, puff bars. I brought one of those boxes with me for my uh, protein there. Uh, and Built Bar remains the number one uh, best tasting, and it should be best selling because it is the best tasting uh, protein bar of all time. And they've got so many great flavors to choose from. Get the variety box. That was kind of the OG for Built Bar. That's got in there double chocolate, cookies and cream, coconut, uh, mint brownie. Those are the flavors that uh, sold me originally before they started expanding their repertoire over there. All of them covered in real chocolate and loaded with flavor and protein, not loaded with carbs, calories, and sugars. Try it today or try it again for 15% off on me. Get 15% off uh, courtesy of yours truly when you use my last name, Dace, as your promo code at Built.com for Built Bar. That's Built.com for Built Bar. All right, coming up on the show today, I mean, we have a jam-packed show today. At the bottom of this hour, fake news or not, we will have a guest with us, Julie Kelly from American Greatness, because she presided uh, over the Whitmer kidnapping trial that wasn't actually a kidnapping, but yet another false flag operation with this time the judge and the jury saying eh, yeah we're not we're not buying this so we will get to that story i don't think that to me that can't be understated that story enough which is why i was furiously texting you while i was on my vacation let's make sure we yep. get her on right when we come back all right so we'll get to that for fake news or not uh at the, at the top of hour two dr ryan cole will rejoin us to uh, give us the latest rundown on COVID data, the jabs, uh, and more. Yeah, he actually has just got done from like a, a, a national speaking tour on COVID uh, information. So uh, we'll get to a little bit of a rundown on what he was sharing and hearing from others. Uh, we'll get to that coming up at the top of next hour. And then Pop Culture Tuesday, the Babylon Bee put out like 
a, a, a re, in reaction to a recent controversy, how every infotainment outlet out there uh, from that they could think of right to left would respond in a headline. And I just thought it would be fun to go through these one by one. All right. And did they hit the nail on the, on the, on the head here? Okay. Cause I, I kind of thought they went to, as Moses Malone once said, foe, foe, foe. I thought they kind of swept the board when I looked at it. Well, that's what they always do, which is why they're now banned. That's why they got banned, because they're too good at this. Yes. All right, so we'll get to all that and more. But first, we must begin, as we usually do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by inflation. You knew it was going to be bad when the White House used this verbiage to get out ahead of today's numbers. But because of the actions we've taken to address uh, Putin, the Putin price hike, we are in a better place than we were last month. Um, but we expect March CPA, CPI headline inflation to be extraordinarily elevated. Well, we got the Consumer Price Index report this morning and prices have soared 8.5% year over year. That's the highest mark since 1981. Anyway, about those Putin price hikes, U.S. Intel officials told NBC recently they're just making stuff up about the conflict in Ukraine. We're also told the intelligence wasn't very clear about what exactly was going on. Really interesting and unprecedented yeah. use of intelligence here, Alice. Yeah, and Ken, as you just said, not just intelligence here, unprecedented use. One U.S. official telling you it doesn't even have to be solid intelligence when we talk about it. It's more important to get out ahead of them. Putin specifically specifically before they do something it's preventative cbs news reports over 150 financial transactions involving either hunter biden or his uncle james biden's international business dealings were flagged as concerning by u.s banks for further review joe biden your thoughts imagine had the tobacco industry been immune to prostitute being sued come on there was a heck of a Friday evening news dump late last week. Two men were acquitted by a jury in Michigan in the alleged plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer back in October of 2020. The jury was hung on two other men allegedly involved as well. Essentially, this means a jury found the FBI entrapped at least two of these men into committing a crime against a prominent Democrat official while millions of Americans were already voting in the 2020 election. Also last week, a judge in D.C. acquitted an individual charged with misdemeanors for entering the Capitol during the events at the Capitol on January 6th. 2020. The defendant claimed police let him into the rotunda and had evidence his claims were correct. Meanwhile, in China, that's the sound of tens of thousands of Shanghai residents screaming in distress after the entire city was placed on a lockdown last week. Apparently because of COVID, videos have been surfacing on the regular of those who have purportedly taken their own life as extreme starvation hits the city of 26 million residents, all locked in their homes with apparently no plan on when they can come back out. The city of Philadelphia has reinstated its mask mandate as COVID cases in the Northeast begin another uptick. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi tested positive while we were gone, along with Attorney General Merrick Garland, a couple of congressmen, Adam Schiff and Joaquin Castro. So, so there's that. The largest individual shareholder of Twitter, Elon Musk, is not joining Twitter's board of directors. After all, Musk's appointment to the board last week was apparently contingent upon him promising not to own more than 15% of the shares of the company. Musk's shirking of the board invitation is causing some to speculate if the billionaire is planning a more hostile takeover of the company. 
Yesterday, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced a new initiative aimed at helping fathers strengthen their families. There was actually uh, an article, a column in the New York Times that said it was titled The Nuclear Family Was a Mistake. And you have other people that uh, kind of poo-poo the idea of father. I just want to be sure in Florida, we are not going to be following uh, this propaganda. Uh, we're going to put programs in place that support fathers uh, and help families stay connected and engage with each other. The $70 million measure funds programs to support fathers and help families stay connected. Groomer update. Here's a random elementary school teacher. Kids as young as three and four are actually aware of their gender identity, even if they don't have the language for it. So very aware of who they like and who they don't like. Heterosexuality is pushed on our kids on a daily basis at a very young age. Media, through books, the first Disney movie that you saw. To say that pre-K through third grade are not ready for such topics is actually internalized homophobia and transphobia. We're very much ready for these topics and are way more accepting than adults when it comes to discussing these topics. A new Trafalgar Group poll shows nearly 70% of respondents say Disney's push to expose young children to sexual and gender ideas makes them less likely to do business with the company. And finally, a seminar on critical grooming theory. Here's Blaze TV's Ali Stuckey. Welcome to our DEI training. DEI stands for Don't Entice Infants. That's really anti-grooming training. It's not enough to be not a groomer. One must be actively anti-grooming. And really those who are defending themselves against accusations of grooming are expressing their groomer fragility. This is just evidence that they are a groomer. It's important to know that silence is violence when it comes to the grooming of children. If you are not actively working to dismantle the systems of grooming that have been oppressing children, you are either complicit in systemic grooming or you are a groomer yourself. We need to know better so we can do better. And that's what happened while we were away. That was extremely well done by Allie. And uh, she put up a thread, by the way, kind of leading up to that uh, over the weekend uh, that I thought was pretty tremendous as well. Uh, it's almost the end for you, right? Yes. All right. Lent is almost over. All right. So I know this is kind of when you, like, you're, at the, you're on the uh, highway and you're like, I really got to be. And it says rest stop 50 miles. And you're like, all right, I got this. Then when it says rest stop two miles, suddenly you feel like you can't hold it any longer, right? Okay. So you might want to cover your ears while I talk about Bonner Private Wine, because I know we're getting to the end of your dry spell here. And so I don't want to put you on edge here, our very first day back from vacation. But you can get access to some of the best imported red wines on planet Earth, grown deep in the Andes Mountains by families just like the old chateaus of old, they've been doing this for centuries, and they are some of the best red wines you've ever tasted. All three of us like them. Todd has a special affinity uh, for these wines. If you want to try them right now, uh, you can get half off the wine and half off the shipping when you go to BonnerPrivateWines.com. Ooh. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. That's BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. Half off the first or half off the wine and then also half off the shipping. You had to forgive me. My flight didn't get until 1.30 last night, man. So I'm half adrenaline, half dead. All right. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. In the overtime uh, today, uh, a poll came out while we were gone. 
that shows maybe maybe I've been too hard on suburban white women. No, it, it actually doesn't show that at all. Uh, and instead, it says that uh, uh, we 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 need to actually come stronger. Okay. Amazingly, Joe Biden has lost ground with every demographic group but one. And he hasn't, in fact, lost ground with this group, but he's gained. For example, college-aged men have seen a 26-point swing against Joe Biden since he was elected. Yet, college women, who are overwhelmingly white, he's actually grown that base. How do we possibly explain that? Well, I know we can't say men and women are different because I'm not a biologist and neither well, are you. Then, but you maybe could then be, therefore be a Supreme Court justice, brother. <laughs> I forgot to put that in the montage. Yeah, I, I will say this. If, if, hi, I'm not a biologist, but I'd like to confirm you're a woman. If that's not the new pickup line, I don't want to live in this world anymore. Okay, Uh, but uh, we're going to get into that with our colleague, Sarah Gonzalez. We will tape that for you right after today's show, and you can watch it if you are a Blaze TV subscriber later today at blazetv.com slash dace. If you're not yet one, go to blazetv.com slash dace, and I don't know if my code is still working, but you can try it. See if it does, if it gives you you 20% off when you go, if you try dace 20, so... I don't know. I always find out things at the last minute around here, mainly because I don't pay attention. Uh, Days 20 was the code that was working before we went on vacation. I don't know if it still is, but give it a shot. See if it gives you 20% off. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Uh, But you can get a discounted subscription one way or the other when you go to blazetv.com slash days. All right. So from the montage, we're going to get into the Whitmer plot and then the judge acquitting. We've got our first outright acquittal of a January 6th defendant. We're going to get into those stories here at the bottom of the hour with our colleague, uh, our friend, Julie Kelly over at American Greatness. She's been on our show so damn much, starting to feel like she's a colleague, but she's earned that time because she is doing uh, the Lord's work right now on numerous topics. On inflation, what more can you say? Uh, Apparently, pausing your economy, printing 80% of the currency that you have in the 241-year history of your republic in just the last couple of years, Uh, and then following that up with unprecedented levels of government spending, while also taking the largest industry in your, the two largest industries in your country, by the way, are are energy and education. Those are the two largest industries in America. And has government done anything in the last couple of years to to wreck the output levels of those two industries? Can you think of anything that's gone on the last couple of years that might have hindered the productivity that we have seen from the energy and, and education sectors? Anything at all come to mind? Let's go, Brandon. Indeed. So that what I mean, when you do everything wrong, when you do everything wrong, these are the results you get. I don't know how else to, I don't, I, I don't know what other analysis to add to that. That's, I mean, other than, you know, um, you and I are the ones that will suffer uh, as a result. Is having 150 flagged financial transactions for the president of the United States, son, is that bad? Is it, is it, is it, is, is it disconcerting to have the president, the family of the president of the United States financially beholden to our chief geopolitical rival. I was reliably informed by that 
journalist at the disinformation conference that if you're not interested in it, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It just, it's not on your radar. All right. So let's get into the Elon Musk thing again. Okay. Because I think we're about to find out if he's fake news or not. There are two ways to look at why he has chosen not to join Twitter's board. And I don't know that you anyone can say which one is the correct one because that answer will be determined by what he does next. A, and it's the answer that I think a lot of us obviously are hoping for, a lot of our peers here in alternative and conservative media immediately jumped to this conclusion. And Aaron, you alluded to it mm-hmm. in your uh, in your montage. In any other era of American history, this would not only be the most likely option entertained, but it would be the only one. That the world's richest man only bought these shares because he was concerned about a platform that is used as the primary means for those that work within the media and intellectual and opinion-shaping sectors of the culture where we come together and iron out and clash and hash out our differences. He's concerned with one-sided censorship, wants to do something about it, and so became their largest shareholder with that intent. And then when he realized if he were to buy more shares or more actively take a role in accumulating uh, allies with more shares, that would cause that he for him the cost of being on the board would be to forfeit that opportunity okay he chose not to do so in any other era of good old-fashioned american capitalism that would be all we'd be discussing that we we would be discussing so how's elon gonna do the deed here i I mean does he just walk in you know um al pacino style in the untouchables a team the next Twitter board meeting, a team is only as good as its weakest link. You know, and you, then you know how that ends, right? Is, is it Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? Second place, a set of steak knives, okay? Um, in any other era, that's what we would be discussing. But men, and there's very few of you, um, we don't live in that era. We don't. And I want to be wrong, man. Trust me. I want to really be wrong. But forgive me if the last few years have taught have taught me to not put your trust in the allure of the alpha male. I couldn't fire Fauci. There's nothing. I mean, the media would get mad. Lock her up. Oh, coup, cool. I mean, a second coup, great. Anyway, stop the steal or something. I mean, the the last few years have taught me. On multiple fronts, by the way. That's hurtful. Uh, Yes, I know. Jeff Sessions. Have taught me not to trust in the allure of alpha males because very few of them exist any longer in the West. Very few of them do. So I want to be wrong, and I am sympathetic. I ran this by... Our CEO over the weekend, Tyler, 
And he's like, I, I just can't imagine you buy a billion dollars worth of stock without the intent of a follow through action, which is what he did, what Elon did. And I'd have said, yeah, you're right, but I can't imagine shutting down a $4 trillion economy in an election year without any follow-up plan for how you're going to reboot it again and then outsourcing your entire presidency to Mike Pence and Anthony Fauci. For goodness sake, stop me. Kadang me, badang me, somebody get a rope and hang me. Who would have envisioned that? But we watched it happen and we're all still paying for it as we speak. And then he endorsed Dr. Oz who was for self-mutilation surgery about a decade before any of us actually knew what the hell it was. Okay? So forgive me if I'm not there on trusting on the whims of alpha males. First of all, what are they? What, What is this species of alpha male of which you speak? Which is why I think it's also just as likely that he just doesn't have it in, you know, dude got lucky with PayPal and a few other things and subsidies to help start electric cars. And next thing you know, he's got $300 billion and and a bull haircut and thought that this would be a cute troll move. And then when he saw that they were actually uh, going to, the pipsqueaks there were going to melt down and push back, just decided, "Eh, okay, I'll just, you know, get my rocks off here on Twitter. I, I, I don't want that latter explanation, Todd, to be accurate. But remind me, Unless you live in the state of Florida, the last time you put your trust in an alpha male and it came through here in the West, go. And I'll wait. I just want this vacation of yours was fantastic. It, you, you took the crazy voices in your head. You pulled them closer to you. You, let, <laughs> you dialed their voice up to 11. I, I'm all in. All in. You were supposed to tell me what you just said there doesn't make any logical sense, Steve. Of course, the dude's going to war. That's what you're supposed to tell me. Nope. I don't know. I don't know why you would buy a a billion dollars in stocks, consider getting on the board, and then and then rebuff shirk that offer or that appointment if you weren't if you didn't have larger designs. It's clear that Twitter internally is panicking a little bit about this. Now it doesn't take much for them to panic. Because they're all made up of of leftist uh, uh, wimps, but they took off a day, uh, according to the Post Millennial, a, a Canadian publication, they took a day off to deal with the stress of the Elon Musk news, guys. So whether or not that's just them being soft, which it is, or they're actually there's some there there, uh, I, I don't know. I, I need. I need something. I need something to hope for, and so I'm going to say, yeah, he he is he is uh, he is planning a a hostile takeover. I hope. Yeah, uh, here's the thing: the money, as much as that is, he can lose. The, the, which is why I think you're right to to ask all the questions you ask. The problem is, they get alligator arms when they go across the middle i just yes you know yes and you know when it's one thing to be all bravado and to talk at the line of scrimmage but once you go across the middle and you think you know and you may but you don't know know. and you never will just to prove todd's point when was the last time we mentioned or you guys heard about a bombshell uh episode of the joe rogan experience yes great point 
I mean, I, for, I've worked in media professionally at a high level in two fields, sports and politics. And the two things I've seen, and, and, and on the politics side, sports, I wasn't good enough to be an active participant, but on the politics side, I've not only been a commentator, I've been on the field, in the game. I've been, I've been into ex- extreme wealth homes to, to raise money for causes and candidates. All right. And I'm just going to tell you in both of those arena and both of those arena, the Fords guys, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. The Ford family is one of the most successful and ongoingly successful families in the history of American enterprise. Right. Mm-hmm. They bought the Detroit Lions in I think 1962 and have won one playoff game since then. Daniel Snyder had Elon Musk money, then bought the Washington Redskins. What, 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 what the hell has that been? You know what I'm saying? For what, 15 years now? Mm-hmm. In politics and sports, I've seen a lot of guys with, with extreme wealth can become complete idiots and manginas, fanboys, jock sniffers, morons giving money to all forms of causes just because they want to feel like they belong. And then you, more times than not, I've left, I'm wondering, how did you get all this money? And then what am I doing wrong that I don't have it? <laughs> all right. Julie Kelly is next. One of the things we got to do when we got back uh, from five days off and being away in Vegas is we got reunited with our little puppy, Cap. Of course, he was at his favorite place on Earth, Grandma's, the last several days. But uh, just another reminder, you know, and and now the little things like right when I'm about to do something important, sit down to eat, work out, go to work, is when he suddenly needs to go out. And so I have to stop what I'm doing to let him out, right? The kinds of things that kind of annoy you when it's just the day-to-day things, after being away from your little pet uh, for a few days, you're kind of like, oh, that's kind of cute. Now, tomorrow it'll annoy me again. Anyway, another reminder, though, that those dogs are really just a part of the family. That's why we want to make sure that they're as healthy and happy as we can make them. And that's where our friends over at Rough Greens come in, because now they've got a supplement for your pet. Because it needs one for the same reasons we take so many supplements these days, because they strip a lot of the vitamins and minerals and nutrients out of our human food that we need for mass distribution. And they do the same thing before it leaves the factory to your pet's food as well. Rough Greens is the supplement powder that puts all that good stuff back in. And our dog, Cap, absolutely loves this stuff. Maybe you're thinking, hey, I don't know if our dog will. We'll try that first bag on us for free. And see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. The bag, that first bag is free. You just pay for the shipping when you go to roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F is where you can go. Roughgreens.com or give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. Let's bring in our good friend Julie Kelly over at American Greatness for this week's Fake News or Not. Good to see you again, Julie. How you been? Good, Steve. How are you? Hope you had fun in Vegas. We did have fun. Thank you very much. And, you know, you, again, were ahead of the curve, just as you were on what's been going on with January 6th, but on this Whitmer kidnapping trial. And throughout this ordeal, I have been following your uh, up-to-the-minute tweets on the proceedings as you monitored them. Mm -hmm. And... And and I I watched you say the government before the the case was as the as the case was given to the jury the government really hasn't proven any of its claims really, but still 
after how long how many days of deliberations before you thought wow we might actually see justice here this jury might actually uh they might nullify uh what the government tried to do here they might stand up to this because i'm guessing given what you do all the time covering this stuff you still probably thought the fix was in whether they showed the evidence for it or not right for sure. I'm so jaded now, Steve, that I thought that the FBI or DOJ would have some kind of plant on the jury. Like that's how, I don't that's blame how you. jaded, yeah. twisted I am now. Yes. But so there was a three week trial, about 13 days of testimony, mostly from the government, mostly FBI agents and experts and the lead informant. Of course, the defense really had almost both hands tied behind their back. They threatened some of the defense witnesses, so they refused to testify and pleaded the fifth. The judge uh, denied several motions by the defense to introduce evidence to the jury that would show all these communications between the FBI handlers and their informants. The judge denied that. So the government had everything going for it, but I think they're so arrogant and thought for sure that this jury in Western Michigan would reject the FBI entrapment claim. So Steve, they went into deliberations last Monday. By Wednesday afternoon, when they still didn't have a verdict, I thought, okay, this is this seems sort of hopeful. And then Friday morning, when they came back and said that they had, had that they had verdicts on some of the counts, but could not resolve uh, the guilt or innocent guilt of the uh, other counts, um, I started to feel a little bit hopeful. But Steve, I was so nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous when they were announcing the verdicts. I could hardly type on the computer, because I thought if they come back with these men being acquitted being found not guilty. This is just one of the biggest embarrass embarrassments, mm -hmm. humiliating defeat for the Justice Department really in its history. And that is exactly what happened. Two men acquitted, two men found on a hung jury, um, not a single conviction and what the government considered one of its biggest domestic terror investigations in recent history. So I th the context you just provided is important. Uh, the judge basically gamed the system. He was the hometown referee here. There was home cooking out there on the court or in the court in this case. Mm -hmm. And and so they, they, they really didn't just, uh, the defense didn't just have to beat the government's case. They had to beat the government's advocate there, uh, you know, sitting uh, with the gavel. And so even with all of those advantages, this was really then just an up and down verdict on the quality and and potency of the government's case and evidence standalone they still couldn't close the deal. They couldn't, which you can see still makes me smile. And I think that's why the prosecutors really gave such a half-hearted um, uh, uh, case to the jury. I think they really thought it was a slam dunk, and especially when the judge, who I think did a very good job handling the trial in and of itself, because at the end of the day, he is the one that signed off on the jury considering right. FBI entrapment. So I give him credit for that. He did a really good job. But even with everything going with the government, you had 12 Americans. And this is Western Michigan. I know you're familiar with mm -hmm. it. I don't live that far from it either. So this is sort of Trump country, but they're also, you know, veteran law enforcement supporters. So it could have really gone either way. Um, and so when they came could back, be a lot of Mitt Romney Republicans in West Michigan, too, by the way. Yeah. So keep that in true. mind. Yeah. 
That's true. And I was wondering, too, because a lot of the jury pool admitted that they own firearms. So a lot of the government's case rested on these videos uh, of these training camps, of course, organized and recorded by these uh, undercover agents and FBI informants. Um, so I think a lot of it rested on these idea that these men had firearms and that they were training and somehow this was incriminating evidence. And so I think that that didn't work for this jury. Now, had it been in Washington, D.C., where you have two juries now, unanimous verdicts, all guilty charges against two January 6th defendants might have been a different outcome. But thank God that's not where it was. It was in uh, it was outside of Washington, D.C. Well, the founders considered juries to be the unofficial fourth branch of government and that this was your final peaceable appeal uh, as a as a check and balance against government coercion upon your freedoms and liberties is a, a jury steps in and essentially um, says no. Uh, and, and that's what we saw here. And that's I don't think it can be understated the importance mm-hmm. of this verdict from an Overton window right. standpoint and, and within within the world that you and I inhabit, you know, we're only surprised that we saw the culmination, not that we saw the machinations leading up to it. A clear case of trying to craft a political narrative at the expense of uh, the FBI as basically a, uh, the, the stormtrooper wing of a political action committee. But to see it then confirmed by a jury, this has to pop some balloons about virtually every one of these domestic terrorist FBI narratives, doesn't it, to some degree? It has to, Steve, because look, in 2019, and I have a piece up in American Greatness, samgreatness.com today. In 2019, Christopher Ray said, white supremacist domestic extremists pose the greatest threat to the homeland. And he specifically said that there are extremists out there who are planning to kidnap and assassinate elected officials. Now, for those that don't Three remember, Chris, later, pardon me for just like Christopher Ray was Trump's FBI uh, a point, a director, a replacement appointee, the same guy who said Antifa is just an idea. Right. All right. But That's go ahead. Right. Yes. Right. So same guy. So he he created this false narrative soon after he took the helm of the FBI. But here we are, Steve, three years later, the only people who have concocted a plot to kidnap and assassinate any elected official is the FBI. And it wasn't just the Whitmer uh, case that the FBI was trying to put together in 2020. There was a separate plot with the same agents and informant who was trying to induce a man in Virginia to co- with coming up with a plot to kidnap and assassinate Ralph Northam. So they really wanted two of these narratives revealed right before the election, which is, of course, when the arrests in the Whitmer case were announced in early October 2020, as millions of people are voting, wall-to-wall headlines, Gretchen Whitmer on the sob story, publicity tour, Joe Biden ranting from the campaign tra- trail, how uh, Donald Trump is inciting right-wing militias who want to kill Gretchen Whitmer. Of course, all that coverage has disappeared, right? But this is another example of the FBI interfering in a presidential election to sabotage Donald Trump and help the Democratic uh, nominee for president. We don't know how many votes were influenced by this fake, phony kidnapping caper, uh, and we will never know. So one person's entrapment is another person's sting operation 
um, to, to stop something terrible from occurring, right? That's why the assumptions of, that you make of the group that you're doing this to and what you say about them publicly. I mean, we saw how many federal courts rule against Trump, not on the during his presidency, not on the basis of jurisprudence, but they didn't like his public comments, right? What, what, what they thought he meant or he intended by these actions, not the legalities of them as a standalone, right? Well, two can play at that game if that's what we if we want to play by that standard now. And and so I think, yeah, I mean, you and I. I would would love if we had a, a, a you know a, a, a law enforcement division capable of stopping terrorists before they terrorized right but when you are making it very clear what your political narrative is about a certain group with almost no evidence to back it up so so for example are a, a bunch of white grandmothers have to take have to take their false knees and false hips out at a TSA because Muhammad Atta and a bunch of Saudis hijacked planes one day and flew them into the towers, right? Because we, we can't make any assumptions, all right? So a bunch of elderly white and black women have to take their false, uh, you know, hips out and knees out and everything else behind a curtain because we can't make any assumptions. But when it comes to this issue, we can make all kinds of assumptions with no precedent and no evidence whatsoever just to fuel a political narrative. I mean, hey, if you go find enough men who who's, who are on the outs with their wives, Lives and haven't felt a female affection for a while, and send them a hot woman who's a that who's a, who, who portrays herself as a prostitute. Eventually, a few of them are going to pay up, right? Because biology kicks in. Is that in, is that justice or is that entrapment? That's the question here. Well, and Steve, what was really illuminating is how the FBI, number one, stitched this group together. These men did not know each other before the FBI got together, started tagging them on social media. Another man had been under surveillance since 2019 because he was making anti-government and anti-law enforcement posts on social media. So this is not a network of people that were already aligned. Okay, they aligned these people together. Yes, they did. They aligned them. They also made up a fake militia, the Patriot 3% movement, not the 3%ers that we hear about, a separate one where you had FBI informants who were portraying themselves as the head of the state militias, then pulling these men into making the lead, the lead informant one of the commanding officers of one of these militias. It was all optics. It was all orchestrated. These militias did not exist. The Wolverine Watchmen, which was supposed to be sort of the conduit, all these men, militiamen who stormed the Lansing Capitol, they wanted to kill the governor. Um, it was a Facebook page. That was it. So allegedly, when the key informant was looking up Second Amendment rights, Facebook algorithms prompted him to this Facebook page. Now, how many times did that happen Mm. during lockdowns, during George Floyd riots? And certainly we know for a fact they were doing it. Stop the steal hashtags, uh, you know, let all of the anti-Biden hashtags we know. And I've seen this in evidence for January Sixers is that Facebook was fully in with helping the FBI surveil these hashtags, surveil these groups um, who were protesting the regime or the incoming regime. So this is a huge, complicated, powerful network of forces who are setting up Americans. It wasn't just a few rogue FBI agents. And this is what I talk about today. There is no doubt Maine Justice knew about this, and there's no doubt that Christopher Ray knew about this. FBI agents testified that they had to get approval. This was a multi-state operation. This wasn't just happening in Michigan. Not just you Lisa Page and Peter Strzok. 
It's a, it's it's right. it's not just it's just not a couple of lone wolves, but an entire network of activism disguised as law enforcement, basically. Right. This is a multi-state operation, numerous field offices, numerous informants and undercover agents. They used drones. They used airplanes to collect evidence against these defendants at the various excursion locations where they lured them into. This was a costly, complicated operation. And there's no doubt that Chris Ray knew about it. The real question is, what did William Barr know about it? Mm. Did he sign off on this? Did he notify Donald Trump what was going on? Did he tell him before the arrests were made as people were voting across the country, hey, this is what's coming. This is going to be a political firestorm for you, which of course it was. Um, Just another FBI election interference orchestrated at the highest level and No one has stepped up and taken any accountability, shocker, but the media certainly isn't asking those questions either. Well, hey, if you want to get an alibi for the worst mass shooting in American history, you want to stop a guy from blowing up a gay nightclub or a a kid from shooting up his school or the worst child predator in American history from coaching an Olympic team, ignore all those warnings because we've got a political narrative that we have to, we've got to further and fashion here. This is, this is really fascistic kind of stuff, Julie. I got about a minute here. I'll give you the last word on that. Um, Yes, it is fascism. That's why between what happened in the Whitmer case, it isn't strictly tied to what happened on January 6th. These are the same people in charge of DOJ, the FBI, the lead uh, agent, uh, special agent in charge in Detroit was moved to the D.C. FBI field office several weeks before January 6th. All of this is tied together. When people talk about political prisoners, what Putin is doing, we have just as powerful, unaccountable uh, interests and uh, administrative ruling state who wants to take out and punish half of the country for supporting Donald Trump. It's very dangerous territory. It is destroying lives. And of course, as usual, most Republican leaders are completely silent on this. You've done, again, phenomenal work on this, Julie. Keep it up. All right. I know I keep saying that, but you keep doing it. So keep it up. Well, thanks for helping me cover it. You bet. God bless you. Take care. Gentlemen, thoughts on that conversation. These people did not even know each other. The government used... Facebook algorithms and other things uh, via social media and over over the internet to connect them to each other. This is just classic, classic entrapment. Well, and using this as a metric for whether or not Donald Trump is serious or not, listen, and this would apply to any president, but since he's the 400-pound uh, gorilla in the, or candidate, but he's the 400-pound gorilla in the room, if Donald Trump isn't capable of firing Anthony Fauci, because of what the media might say, uh, what do we think he's going to be about what absolutely has to be done on day one of a new presidency is looking into the FBI, making sure heads roll, totally reshaping our intelligence uh, environment. Is he capable or interested in doing that? Because the only answer is, should be yes, and I'm not confident that's what it would yeah, be. We're, I think we're beyond during the swamp here, Aaron, as, Aaron, as Todd is pointing out, right? Yep. I mean, we're looking at wholesale systemic church committee for the intelligence community in the 60s and 70s, complete, complete overhaul level of of stuff is what we're talking about here. Mass purgings, firings, disclosures. That's what we're talking about here. A fumigation. Hour two is next.
And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace, alongside Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox, which you can access by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. And for those of you that are podcast listeners, thank you very much. Please, if you've yet to do so, leave us a five-star review and hit subscribe or follow, whichever applies on wherever you podcast from. Thanks to all of you that have done those things for us already here. We appreciate each and every one of them. And I know that the Mucky Mucks here at The Blaze, uh, they appreciate that as well. You know, trying to sell your home in any economic environment can be challenging especially one where right now we are having the highest shelter inflation we've seen in the country since 1991, which is why, again, in these unprecedented times, make sure you go in to the real estate market with an agent that you can trust. How would you get one of those kinds of agents? Well, we made it as simple for you as possible with this website. Realestateagentsitrust.com is where you can go to find a real estate agent with a fully proven vetted track record of success. Someone who will come in, take charge of your situation. But remember that ultimately you are the one that's in charge here and they work for you. If you are looking to anywhere you want to move to or from here in the US of A and you want to make sure you're guided by an agent you can trust, just go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, coming up here at the bottom of the hour for Pop Culture Tuesday, the Babylon Bee put out, well, it's what they do, but this is a rather clever look I think it was the Will Smith slap and how a gamut, a pantheon of media uh, platforms from right to left, uh, how they would react in one headline to the Will Smith slap. And I, I think it's a fascinating snapshot of American media, and we will discuss it here coming up at the bottom of the hour. But first, we are rejoined by good friend of the show. Dr. Ryan Cole and Ryan, it is good to have you back with us, brother. How you been? Ah, uh, tired, uh, world traveling, just trying to get the truth out everywhere we can. So, world traveling, where you been? Um, let's see, Paris, Miami, uh, Houston, L.A., and I uh, just got back yesterday. Are you having trouble traveling abroad with jab mandates? How's that working? Well, you know, it's interesting. Here we're. Uh, cracking down even more in the US and desperation is the last gasp of tyrants. But uh, in Europe, they drop their mandates. You still have to have a negative test, uh, but they they see that things are failing, that Omicron's here, the jabs don't cover it. So people are, are being a little more honest in other countries, though it's hard for them to still get information like it is here. So things are opening a bit around the world. I still think they may just be dangling a carrot before elections and then crack down again, who knows? So I want to know, and I know the audience wants to know, what you've been talking about and and what people have shared with you, as well as some of the latest data and trends. But remind our audience again, you've been on a ton, but it's been a while. Who's Dr. Ryan Cole? What do you do? And what what is it that, as a pathologist, gives you a unique perspective on this virus and how it responds to attempts to, uh, to treat it, to vaccinate it, et cetera? 
Certainly. Um, Dr. Ryan Cole, I'm a board-certified Mayo Clinic-trained pathologist. I've seen uh, over 500,000 patients in my career. I've been a doctor for almost three decades. Um, the pathologist is the quality control of medicine. What we do is patterns, patterns, patterns. And so when we see a change in pattern, that's what makes us alert to be looking for something unique or new. And it's our job to point that out once we see that. So new diseases, new emerging pathogens, new cancer patterns, maybe due to a toxin in the environment, things things of that sort. So what have I been doing? Well, I have a background in immunology, pathology, virology. It's, it's what I do. <clears throat> and early on last year, I saw an uptick in cancer um, it, at, at a set percentage that was far above that which I normally see, and it was right after the shots rolled out. And then in the biopsies, uh, in the small vessels of the body, we can also see microclots. <clears throat> and I've talked to colleagues all around the country who've been seeing microclots in the small vessels, be it in the skin, be it in the GI tract, be it in other organs. So when these shots rolled out, we saw changes in pattern. And what was the obvious new thing present? And it was the jabs. And so I obviously spoke out and have been, you know, fact-checked by the opinion makers that are paid for by big bucks from pharma and Facebook and all these other uh, big industries. But at the end of the day, they're not the pathologists. They're not the ones seeing the change in pattern. They're not the ones seeing the daily damage. Um, I had the privilege and honor of being with uh, several of the vaccine injured in LA yesterday at the Defeat the Mandates rally. God bless them. They're the ones that went ahead and stepped up and said, okay, I'm going to do my part. And sadly, many of these people are now in wheelchairs. They're permanently disabled. Yes. And they were the ones who were trying to do their part. And society demeans them for being anti-vax. And I'm, I'm like, good grief, these people took the vax. And then our government agencies are denying them. Our government agencies aren't putting the funding towards the research. I've been working with Steve Kirsch and others in the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation, trying to find the mechanisms of action. <clears throat> here's, here's a perfect example, clots. Uh, this is from a mortician. I've got about another dozen of them next to me right here. These are extremely abnormal clots that are being pulled uh, at the time of uh, uh, body preparation in, in the mortician's office. And these are abnormal clots. And now from studies around the world, uh, Dr. Pretorius in South Africa and others, we're figuring out this spike protein that this jab makes your body make, it makes your body into a toxin factory, is making these clots that the body can't easily break down. Um, so it's things like this on a daily basis. I'm looking at autopsy tissues from around the country that get sent in from coroners. I'm looking at clots from other um, labs and morticians. I'm looking at tissue biopsies. I'm doing consultation work, looking for the deposition of spike protein in different tumors, looking for the deposition of spike protein in these clots, as well as in the autopsy tissues in the hearts of young men and young women. Um, we have a, an unmitigated disaster on our hands that's been induced by an experimental jab, and we, we didn't have these long-term outcomes. So it's we pathologists that are the quality control, and I am sounding the alarm bell. Yes, COVID's fading, but the shot needs to go away immediately because this damage is severe. One more shot. That third jab seems to be what tips a lot of people over into uh, wildfire cancers. Uh, everywhere I went in the world the last 10 days, countless people approaching me. Oh, my friend, my brother, my sister, my mom um, had a stable cancer in check. Oncologist was doing great with them, helping them out. 
no advance of the tumor. The moment they got the second or the third shot, they have stage four disease and they're on their deathbed. It is happening left and right. Denying it is evil. Over the last 25 months, so March of 2020, can you give our audience an idea, Dr. Cole, how many uh, samples of COVID, uh, whether it's infections, whether it's post-infection, whether it's during post-treatment, during post-jab, post-mortem, et cetera, in totality, how many how many pathological examples or, or um, samples of COVID have you personally witnessed and studied over the last 25 months? Okay, as far as patient testing, we've done over 175,000, almost 200,000 patients hmm. in terms of biopsy samples. Um, I've seen in the last two and a half years, close to 100,000 biopsies. That's you know just kind of my, my workflow here in the lab. And so out of those 100,000 biopsies and seeing the cancer patterns, you know that gives me a pretty good indication. Now people will say it's anecdotal I, and I can say, okay, I'll, I'll grant you that 100,000 is still a lot. And and if I get two or three endometrial cancers a year and all of a sudden I'm getting 12 or 20, that's a lot. If I see um, seven, 800 melanomas a year and now I'm seeing 1,500, that's a big uptick. That's a big change. Uh, lymphoid conditions, uh, atypical lymphomas, leukemias, you know, say I see 50 to 100 a year and now I'm seeing two or 300 a year um, after 2021. That's a lot. These are significant increases. These are significant upticks. And when I talk to other pathology colleagues, it, it's funny because a lot of them are stuck in universities and that whole pharma university federal system. Uh, I, I was talking to a gal in Houston who's a pathologist, and I, I asked her, and I won't say what university she's at, but I said, are you seeing it? She said, absolutely. And I said, and are you saying anything? She said, I can't. I can't. I'm a my job is gone if I say something. So the advantage I do have is I'm independent. I've been independent for two decades. So I can tell the truth. I wish my other colleagues would be, if everybody en masse would join together and say, okay, I don't care if I'm in this big institution, this big group, whatever, we're all going to step forward and tell the truth. I think a lot more people would wake up. I, I love the idea that hundreds of thousands of, of studies, or I'm sorry, samples to, that you've studied as anecdotal evidence. You mentioned uh, social media fact checkers. Have any of them come to your lab to walk through uh, any of the samples that you have yourself witnessed or studied or sent you a counter pathologist to study your findings whatsoever? What's been, so you're shaking your head no there, they have not. Then what's the counter evidence then to what your studies are showing? Just uh, you know, Pfizer and Pfizer and Moderna claims? Uh, the, the counter is ad, ad hominem attacks, uh, no ad rem. They don't, you know, they say, well, we say no, and, and they'll bring somebody that's in an, a completely unrelated medical field or, you know, a microbiologist that may, you know, be a desk jockey doing a little research project at whatever university, but they're not doing what I do. They don't do what I do on the daily basis. So I just laugh because <clears throat> I have the facts, I have the data, I have the cells, I have the blood studies, I have everything. And 
they just have their opinion and that's what all all it is it's not a it's opinions it's not facts and so it's it's a circus of the absurd uh, in terms of them even trying to criticize what I'm doing I do have two documentary crews coming in the next month so look people say oh he's blowing smoke and he's you know exaggerating what no we're going to document it. I'm, I'm bringing in two very, very large, well-known uh, national groups that are independent as well, and I'll show them step by step by step how we examine things, where the tissue comes from, the backgrounds, the histories. Of course, HIPAA protected, but you know, the evidence is here. This is this is the fact, the solid evidence of medicine. This right here at the microscope, it doesn't lie. The cells don't lie. The tissues don't lie. The proteins don't lie. The patterns don't lie. It is what it is. Whether people like it or not, it is what it is. So am I sounding the alarm bells? Absolutely. Do I want people to stay safe and protected? Yes, that's my job. In medicine, we took that oath, first do no harm. That's physical harm, psychological harm, financial harm. That oath is to humanity, to the to the patient. I am here to protect humanity, and that is what is in my heart and soul to do. Whether it's convenient or not, I can guarantee you it's been inconvenient. All the attacks, the business loss for, quote, unprofessional behavior, simply sharing science. Anybody can come here. I invite all my colleagues all the time, if you disagree with me, wonderful, bring data. And we can discuss it on behalf of humanity so we can always do better on behalf of humanity and the patient. Let's go back to the beginning. Remind our audience, what is a spiked protein? How is that different in terms of a post-injection response from a traditional form and methodology of vaccination and why did why did cutting edge science decide to go to this methodology instead well because they could because it was a quote emergency so this methodology they went to if you go back to a conference at the milken institute and rick bright and tony fauci are sitting there talking about mrna technology and certain individuals had interests in certain companies and they said gosh well if we had an emergency well we could use this new mrna technology a traditional shot vaccine takes a virus and kills the virus through radiation and a couple other chemical fixation steps or takes a protein from a virus or a bacterium and makes it inert and dead and biologically inactive and they'll mix that with other ingredients give you a shot and that protein doesn't replicate or anything it just stimulates an immune response and your body makes a reaction such that you develop quote immunity to this disease as in you can't get the disease again whereas this technology it injects a gene sequence into your body which goes into your cells hijacks your cell machinery and then makes your cells make the spike well they pick the spike because it's on the surface it's easy for the immune system to access and they know that it stimulates uh, the initial immune response however the virus in a, as a whole has you know 28 proteins that can be immunogenic so they could have picked any number of proteins from the virus to try to uh, vaccinate against the problem is they're using a new technology making you 
make your body make the spike. So here's the other really big challenge. And this was a study that came out of uh, Stanford just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Dr. Rotkin uh, et al. And they looked at this synthetic mRNA that's being injected. Well, that synthetic mRNA, because of our, our RNA usually has one of the nucleotides is uridine, and they put pseudouridine in it. Well, they put a bunch of it in it. And what their study found is it's not breaking down. Uh, mRNA, you, your, your cells make messages, mRNA, all day long. So cells will make different proteins for, you know, muscle or collagen or skin or hair. Um, so you have mRNA that that's daily part of your, your body's processes. And mRNA breaks down in minutes to maybe an hour or two. It always degrades and goes away. Well, with this synthetic uh, Frankenstein shot, this mRNA is persisting, and their study stopped at 60 days because they wanted to publish. So to date, the number of studies showing when the body stops making spike protein and when this mRNA degrades, here's the number of studies, zero. We have no idea when the mm. body stops making spike. So these patients two, three, four, six months after their second or third shot still have that spike being made at low levels and can still clot. And then the spike disrupts DNA repair mechanisms. The spike gets into our T cells. The spike can cause other proteins to be made, which are called um, DNA mismatch repair genes. Um, the spike in and of itself is setting off cell pathways that normally would keep cancers in check, immune conditions in check. And even more importantly, it's pressing some receptors in our body that stimulate uh, these little pattern receptors that say to your T cells, hey, your job is to fight off these viruses. Hey, these T cells, your job is to fight off cancers. Well, it's turning those off. So normally our, our immune system like right now, you and I sitting here, you have 30 billion T cells circulating in your blood right now. And those are your Marines. Those those guard your body. And they shake hands with every cell all day long. Hey, friend or foe, friend or foe. Oh, this one's a foe. Throw a little hand grenade in, blow up that atypical cell. Oh, hey, this cell's infected. Throw in a little hand grenade, blow up that cell. Well, what this spike is doing and the synthetic mRNA is doing is it's saying to those Marines, hey, you know, here's a, a fifth of vodka. Drink it all go back to the barracks, uh, get drunk and stay asleep. Hmm. Now, all surveilling cells that we would have all day long, you know, the guards at the gate, a lot of them have been turned off. And so these opportunistic, opportunistic infections, these latent viruses that our body has, herpes family viruses, mono, Epstein-Barr, different bacteria, different fungi, they can wake up and now cause secondary infections. Same thing in cancer. So these wildfire cancers that I'm getting reports of everywhere I go, it's because those T cells have gone to sleep. We have literally suppressed the immune system. And this spike in this mRNA also suppresses important chemicals in our body, interferon, and, and the lipid nanoparticle, it can also uh, be toxic and also dysregulate other protein pathways. So we have a lipid nanoparticle that's toxic, turning things off. We have a, a synthetic spike that's staying in the body, turning things off. We have a dysregulation of our immune system being turned off. And people are scratching their head going, gosh, you know, I was, I was just fine and well, and I got my third shot. And I have fatigue and et cetera, et cetera. And my cancer that was stable is back or, you know, 14 year old with a lymphoma after his second shot. I, I wish I could help everybody in the world because I, I see so much. I know the pattern has changed. I want to prove 
time and time again, yes, this was the jab. And some of my colleagues around the world have been doing small studies, a good group in Germany, Dr. Burkhart, he showed in the blood vessels in an autopsy patient, 128 days later, there was a ton of spike protein deposited wow. in the in the vessels in the body, in the brain, in the organs, in the liver, in the spleen. So Still sending all that messenger RNA throughout your body yeah. doing with the immediate affliction that it was targeting, no longer uh, an immediate threat, yet that altera physiological alteration is just an ongoing undiscovered country of a process is what you're describing, basically. Yes, you're 100% right. That's a great assessment. And the virus is now a, a kitty cat compared to what uh, the earlier exactly. variants were. Yeah. And so now we have Omicron, a cold, and the receptor binding has changed, so it really doesn't affect the lungs that much. It, it's a head cold. And that's good news. Now, what's interesting is uh, individuals who did get two or three jabs are actually doing a little worse or getting sicker with Omicron in many studies. Nine out of 10 in the UK that are dying with COVID still are the double or triple jabbed. So this whole narrative, and, and, and this went back to last year. We look at the military data and the Salus data, and in, in June, July of last year, 75 5% of the hospitalizations in the military were actually in the jabbed. So the lie from the media, oh, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, uh, not true. And and now we look at Israel, you know, third, fourth booster, um, UK, nine out of 10 deaths in the jabbed because of all those mechanisms that I, I briefly touched on. And it's multifactorial. That's just the tip of the pathophysiologic iceberg. You know, there are so many underlying mechanisms in addition to those. So now the shot is absolutely worse than the virus. So the message to the world is uh, what uh, Cyril Cohen, the chief immunologist of Israel said about two and a half months ago, he said, look, we made mistakes. We thought we were doing something good. And, and maybe for a hot minute, it decreased some symptoms of severity and hospitalizations. I think that's even hard to prove. But even if it did, uh, you know, once Delta came along, uh, different story. And so he said, we need to stop the boosters. We need to stop passports. We made mistakes. This is the immunologist, the chief immunologist of the nation of Israel who was in charge of their vaccination program. And after he said that, what happened? Silenced. So other people know it. Other countries are opening wide up, saying no more boosters. The uh, CDC in Europe, their CDC said, okay, no more boosters. I think that's a good thing because people in parts of the world at least are starting to be honest and doing this uh, post-mortem on COVID, this look back and going, hey, time to stop. This isn't working. And we have a new virus. I, I, I tell people, and I, I shared this from the stage in LA, wrong shot for the wrong protein, wrong virus. Wuhan went extinct over a year ago. That that virus isn't even here anymore. They haven't modified the shot since Wuhan. We have Omicron. It, it, it's nonsense. It's Again, it's like saying to a healthcare worker, uh, flu season's coming, I want you to get your flu shot. I have some expired leftover flu shots from the variant five years ago in the freezer. Why don't mm -hmm. I just give you that one? Mm -hmm. People would just go, of course not, that's nonsense. So here we are. All right, I've got about four minutes left and so many other things I need to ask you about. All right, so let's try to let's try a rapid fire round. Uh, prominent sports show in Australia last night talking about the need to investigate the amount of uh, athletes that they are seeing collapse out on the playing field. Now, we just had an NCAA tournament with 68 games, high cardio stress environment, all played by young men that are in that prime age that even even the government bought off regulators are, are warning about myocarditis with young men of that college age. Right. OK. And yet we didn't see and we're not seeing any of that domestically with our own athletes. How do we explain that? 
Um, in some of the other countries, they're using AstraZeneca and, and not Pfizer. I think wherever we see more Pfizer used, we're seeing more um, reactions. I think also a lot of these young men opted for the early uh, one and done J&J way back when. Uh, I can't prove that, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm grateful. I think a lot of them. I am too. But I think if we're going to be critical thinkers, we need to answer that question on our own end. I think. I I think a lot of them didn't get that third shot, and I think lately I've been seeing that third shot is what tips people Mm. over. Okay. And a lot of them, because we rolled out shots earlier than other countries, I think they're far enough outside of that risk window as well. So I think that'd be another factor that would explain it. Okay. Did Operation Warp Speed save a single life? When, if you look at it holistically. Did it save a single life? Mm, maybe a handful early on, but, uh, you know, and in retrospect, I call it Operation Warped Greed because we don't have the long-term studies. I'm worried about the long-term effects now. If this... And, and if, go ahead. To that point, real quick, we're seeing excess death. That's the problem. Yeah. In the vaccine versus those who are COVID recovered or un- and unvaccinated, uh, the death rate in those who've gotten the shots is higher. The insurance data confirms that uh, in a marked increase in death and disability ages 18 to 64 um, off the charts, uh, 40% uh, increase in claims of disability and death. We're seeing more damage in the long term of those who've gotten the shot. When was the last time you recommended somebody in your care or you know get one of these jabs? Never. Never. And I never will. No, this is a dangerous technology. Whether they use the same technology for flu, RSV, HIV, lipid nanoparticles are dangerous. mRNA we know persists when they put pseudouridine. I will never recommend an mRNA shot with a lipid nanoparticle ever. Where are we at with trust of public health? <laughs> Truth plus transparency equals trust. If you don't have transparency, which we know we didn't get from the CDC and our health agencies, or if you don't have all the facts, which truth, which we know they were withholding from us, you don't get our trust. So in public health, how many health messages did we get over the last two years? We didn't. So truth plus transparency equals trust. Until those first two happen, uh, we have no reason to trust any agency or business or, or government or whatever it may be. That cross applies to life. Truth plus transparency, then you get my trust. Two more. How is it possible Moderna went 0 for 8 for nearly a a decade trying to bring uh, various mRNA products to market? Pfizer had never even spent considerable resources into this arena, and yet within the span of a calendar year, they were able to bring, quote-unquote, successful messenger RNA vaccine technologies against a novel coronavirus in that amount of real time. What's the benign, innocent explanation for that? Um, I think there was just too much money involved. Uh, They had a no-risk contract with the government. They got thrown billions. Uh, They had something new that they wanted to try. You know, they've been tinkering with it for years. Like you said, they failed. Um, Borla from Pfizer said, hey, look, I I don't know why two years ago they said, hey, we're going to work on on mRNA. It even shocked, you know, the CEO of the company. So when you get a bunch of money thrown at you and say, hey, go for it, I guess they just said the benign thing is, well, got a bunch of money. Let's give it a go. Um, That would be, I think, the innocent explanation is follow the money. Finally. Scientifically. That idea, yeah. Finally, Peter McCullough, who I know you know well, said a week ago that this is like a bad science fiction film 
and that it, it appears the motivation here was a basically to condition people to just take an ongoing, never-ending regimen of these sorts of uh, gene, these genetic uh, shots uh, as the new cutting-edge healthcare of the future, and that's what this episode was utilized for. Agree or disagree? Agree. Yeah, Peter's a brilliant man, and I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, I think they wanted to, you know, try medicine 3.0 or whatever, but it was a, in retrospect, it was obviously a failed experiment. And I feel for those, and I don't judge anyone who did or didn't do it. Um, what we need to do now is help those who have been injured by it. Ryan, you've just been a tremendous badass to this entire thing, brother. Thank you very much, as always, for bringing it. We appreciate you. All right, God bless. Thank you, Steve. Always an honor. You bet. All right, gentlemen. The floor is yours. I He reminds me a lot of Scott Atlas. We've had Dr. Cole on, at, what, three or four times now, Atlas, about the same, and just how you see them transformed over time that they've now been in the arena that we work in all the time, mm-hmm. and just the level of um, giving zero Fs that seems to be increasingly part of their life and thank god for that because they're going to stand on this wall probably for the rest of their career the the public trust thing the the boy who cried wolf well the the boy who cried wolf uh in this context is is the medical establishment as we've talked about really since i think april when we recognized what what was really going on here april of 2020 what happens what happens when captain trips actually happens yeah yeah there will be enough people whose trust is irrevocably gone that that thing could get bad real quick you really can't blame them when you break this trust it has disastrous consequences well said more in a moment You know, you got 360 little spots in your body from uh, the top of your neck down to your feet. These are called joints, and they are hugely important for uh, activity and staying active, especially as we get older. But as we get older, they can also become little hubs for inflammation, the kind of inflammation that's probably causing your chronic pain, which to you will feel like, uh, and to me, uh, nagging and lingering soreness and achiness in places like our back and our knees and our hips and our neck. And that's why you're looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory backed by going on a third decade of clinical research and going on a third year of my daily usage. It's called Omega XL, and I can personally attest to its effectiveness. I take it with me wherever I go. I was in Vegas uh, over the weekend for some vacation. I took my Omega XL there with me as well. If you want to give Omega XL a shot and see if it doesn't do for you what it has done for me and so many others, uh, you can try it right now. Buy one, get one free. Buy one bottle, get a second one for free. When you visit OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Again, that's OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or you can give them a call at 800-844-4888. All right, let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. And I would, I would say so far, the pop culture story moment event of the year was the Will Smith slap at the Oscars. We're still, the reverberations of that are still being felt 
And let me say this just as a side note. And maybe it's maybe I'm showing weakness because I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Okay. But while I still absolutely reject the notion that there is never a time to put a man down for insulting your wife, that it's just never needed. I, I, I reject that with every fiber of my being. I have to say, the more I learn that video that was going around over the weekend, yeah, okay, of, of her putting him like on a Facebook Live or mm-hmm. TikTok or something live in real time, mm-hmm. okay, the, the look on his face, I mean, the more I learn and, and it comes out about that relationship, as it pertains to this particular situation, I'm starting to feel a little like maybe I need to Homer Simpson gift this thing and just slowly back into the bushes. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. Yeah. All right. So I, I think we're dealing with a very damaged individual and a very damaged relationship. Um, and a, a woman who has essentially fashioned herself as the uh, self-anointed symbol of third wave feminism. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I, so... I, I I didn't intend to get into that, but I've was th- I've been thinking that the last few days. I'm, I I I I absolutely still think there is a time and a place to put a dude down for insulting your wife. I'm now beginning to think that maybe that wasn't. Now learning what I know, knowing what I know now, I'm not so sure that that was the time and the place or what was going on there. You well, have any the, thoughts on that? Well, the rush you just never hit. You know, like. The entire culture isn't a bunch of, you know, five-year-olds, you know, who had their, you know, their blanket taken away or something. But that's how we talk to each other. It, 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 with a, the Christian sensibility is just to be, to, it, yeah, they all say, uh, you, on, uh, instead of the Ukrainian flag, it's, uh, there's a lot of the, uh, the women that we may be talking about in the overtime is like, uh, kindness above all and things like that. And, and it's just, it, it, it didn't allow us out of the gate to have the most honest conversation we could have about this whole thing, because you have mm-hmm. to just get through all of that boilerplate cat poster nonsense. Well said. All right. So in response to this, the Babylon Bee put out uh, kind of a, a, a satire, a parody of a pantheon of media sources and the headlines that they would come up with in order to uh, report on the Will Smith slap. All right. 14 of them. Let's take these one by one. All right. Right to the left, the, the whole gamut of the media pantheon. Fox News. Oscars plagued by rise in black on black crime. That's pretty good. Yeah. Good. Good start. What, what, why does that apply to Fox, do you think? Well, I think it applies to Fox because it uh, that's that's kind of being written through the lens of like Brian Stelter at CNN, what they believe Fox to be. Here, 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 there are a couple of outlets that Fox is one of them that like, never get censored by Facebook or, you know, unless it's Tucker Carlson, but holistically never get, never get censored by Facebook and Twitter. Like we do at the blaze, like daily. Okay. And what's interesting though, is they, it's because they are, they won't go after the steel of the last election and they're pretty soft on COVID stuff. Or they wait until it's all clear to talk about COVID stuff, and then they do it like a year or two later, right? 
But for whatever reason, they go to the wall on the race stuff. And I don't know why, but that doesn't seem to trigger the Facebook and 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 stuff sensors and algorithms the way that going after COVID and so this that's why this fits to me. This fits perfectly in with this is an issue that Fox feels safe within its business model and within the the current big tech oligarch censorship. We can go to the mattresses on the race yeah. stuff, but we can't when it comes to COVID, Fauci, or election integrity. Well. On some, this isn't a perfect algorithm in how they think, but on some level, they want Fox to be, say things like this. So oh, they it feeds can, their race narrative, they can too. Call it says, yeah, that's but a good point. On COVID, yeah. they can't let the truth get out that's, about that. That's a very good point, Todd. That may be the explainer right there. All right, next. Uh, from Huffington Post, the patriarchal roots of slapping exposed. Aaron, that's... On the money, it is right on the money. Yeah, the, uh, everything is rooted in the in the patriarchy. You could, um, I don't know, you could take a, uh, a a jar of cheese balls that I have laying on the floor here and say the patriarchal r- roots of Oots cheese balls explained. <laughs> you could totally see that being written at some place. The future is female post. from the same people that don't know what a female exactly. is. All right, third. All right, from CNN. Mostly peaceful Oscars threatens to distract from January 6th commission. That's cash money, guys. I don't, I think these are all real headlines that were written by, I don't think this is even parody. I, or if they're not actually written, they would be revealed with yes. the Wonder Woman's lasso of truth yes. of what they really want yes. to do. What's really going on in their hearts of yes. hearts. Yeah, agreed. Okay, next. From One America News. If they hadn't stolen the election from Trump, this never would have happened. <laughs> Poor OAN yep. is actually willing to go there, and now they're off of uh, DirecTV. They've been deplatformed for going there, right? So, but I think that's pretty yeah. much right on the money. Yeah, sure. that's well done. Yep. Um, Salon, white supremacy has gotten out of hand. I, I know I read basically. A paraphrase of yeah. that as a real headline. Yeah. And, and uh, there's there were some reactions to that uh, on Twitter the night that it happened, the day after it happened. Before we continue on, you know, parents have a fundamental right to direct the upbringing of their children. But that right is more under attack than ever before. You know, for grooming supposedly not being a real thing, there certainly are one hell of a lot of groomer videos done by groomers out there on social media I'm seeing every single day, right? There are. So if you uh, want to support the the rights of uh, parents, um, talk to our friends and invest in our friends over at Alliance Defending Freedom. They represent all of their clients pro bono, which means uh, they require tax deductible, tax deductible, easy for me to say on four and a half hours of sleep, tax deductible donations from folks just like us. I've donated to them. I remember I wouldn't ask you guys to donate to something I'm not willing to donate to myself. Uh, they do first class work in this field. If you want to support them with your own tax deductible donation, you can do so today at adflegal.org slash Steve. ADF, <clears throat> pardon me, for Alliance Defending Freedom. adflegal.org slash Steve. They take these cases all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary, but they need our help to fund those cases and causes at adflegal.org slash Steve. All right, next. This one is from Snopes. False. Will did not slap Chris 
Chris's cheek struck the palm of Will's hand. Yep. Yep. That thing that you just saw with your own two eyes, you did not, you did not in fact see, nor did it even happen. I have a question in all this. Who's Chris Rock? I mean, can, that's what's remarkable about all of this. A, a, we're talking about, uh, on one hand, they only alluded to it in the first one, black on black crime, but we're, we're talking about Jada, we're talking about Will, we're talking about this as a legacy of the patri- uh, of race, all that stuff. Like, Chris Rock, just honestly, he got on with his life, he's, he's doing shows, but no one... It's amazing. A guy got hit on live TV and he's he's not even the victim in this narrative. Mm. And that sets us this is what this sets aside what you, your point was was uh philosophical early on about can you hit a dude who insults your wife? This is a dude who did actually get hit about a, a pretty clean joke which is a more specific thing, an actual potential crime. And we talk about everything, the Oscars. He's not, you know, he never comes up. I I think that's what's remarkable in all of this about the, and it's why I bring this up because of what we're doing. This is how narratives are cast. You can disappear somebody who was on live television. Everybody saw it. You can still disappear him because of how we've been conditioned. Hadn't thought about that. All right, next clip. This one is from Vox. Rethinking the slap. Why getting slapped is actually a good thing. <laughs> Why fill in the blank bad thing is actually a good thing. Yes. That's Vox. Yeah. Now, now, Todd, you need to know, there is no David French. Okay, the conservative case for smacking that bitch up. All right, there, there, there's not... That, that didn't make the Babylon B. Wait till Sunday. Okay. Uh, smacking that bitch up is a blessing of liberty. That didn't make the Babylon B pantheon. I don't want to disappoint you. All right, next on the list, uh, Daily Wire. Will Smith destroys in all caps. I love that. Will Smith destroys Chris Rock with this one simple gesture. <laughs> all too easy. <laughs> that, that one was great. That's well done. These are all very well done so far, but yes. Uh, Teen Vogue, oh no. Will Smith's totally hot slap and how you can use it on your gender queer partner in the bedroom. That sounds like something that should be good. I must confess I'm not all that familiar with the content of Teen Vogue. Um, but that that I'm guessing is sounds like how they would spin this, right? If that's on the money for something called <clears throat> Teen Vogue, not just Vogue, wow, no wonder where we are, where we are. Weren't they weren't they doing like anal sex tips for teen girls or something like a couple um, of years ago? Okay. Of course. Yeah, I think that saw I think that was in the news, wasn't it? I, okay, the last yeah. 10 seconds are a violation of the dude code. Let's move on. Okay. Well, we have daughters, man. Oh, okay. I know. Okay. So, I don't like I don't even know where they sell it, but when that hit the news, I remember it kind of being a controversy. But all right, next. Oh boy. Infowars. Illuminati members stage fake slap to distract us all from implementation of the new world order. Ah. Uh, that's a miss so far. There were no gay frogs in there. I I needed more from that one. Not to mention, this actually was kind of used to distract us from what's really what yeah. else is actually yes. going on. It kind of was a squirrel, but okay. Um, does Smith talk or Smith? Does Jones talk about the Illuminati a lot? Does that come up a lot? Do you guys know? Of course, I've never okay. seen Alex Jones show, right. ever. Okay. 
Uh, Vice. This might be my favorite one. I, yeah. I can't even say it with a straight face. I slapped myself a hundred times and smoked crack to better understand the black experience in America. I kind of feel like that one should have been last. I mean, that. How do you top that? That's it, that's just. It's like that's cash money, homie. It's like Chris Rock wrote that one. For yes. Yeah. Yes, and that dude, that's not even parody. That is straight up how that how that uh platform handles its business right there. You bet. All right. Um the view. Okay, this is good. All right, that might be the best one. Um, especially in light of the conversation we're about to have on the overtime. Were you? Yeah, great minds think alike. Okay. Um not the B. This is the Babylon B's like editorial site that's not satire. Check this out. Will Smith straight up pimp slaps woke comedian Chris Rock, reminding us all how the last Jedi truly <laughs> <Yes>. sucked. <laughs> that's... Did you write that one, Todd? I, it was implied, yes. All right, we have one more. Beautiful. Uh, and this is the Babylon B. Will Smith is the Babylon <laughs> yes. B's woman of the year. <laughs> Oh, folks, uh, the, you know, when you've got uh, places where a lot of data mining takes place in foreign countries and those foreign countries are faced with distress like war, it, it, it is absolutely a target rich environment for cyber thieves and scammers. And one of their biggest targets, um, targets, I should say, American homeowners. Why? Because our deeds pretty much is all we have to prove we own the home and a lot of those titles are kept online these days, making them vulnerable to scammers. They hack in there, make it look like you have sold your home to them on a form like a quit claim deed. Then they start liquidating your uh, equity. And then often you don't find out about it until the kinds of emails and voicemails and snail mails you never want to see start showing up. Your homeowner's insurance, your mortgage lender cannot protect you. But this is what our friends at Home Title Lock, this is what they do. They put a virtual barrier around your home's title so that the instant they detect any nefarious activity whatsoever, they mobilize to shut it down. Find out right now if you've been targeted and don't even know it uh, by going to HomeTitleLock.com. Again, register your address there at HomeTitleLock.com. All right, we've got about a minute here. We're going to stick around after this show and bring in our colleague Sarah Gonzalez from here at Blaze TV. And we're going to discuss this poll that came out over the weekend that showed Joe Biden is hemorrhaging now everywhere except one group. And he's not only not hemorrhaging with that group, he's actually grown his base of support. College educated women who are all overwhelmingly white. In other words, white, affluent, suburban women. He's actually gained with that base. On the other hand... College men who went to all the same universities and got all the same indoctrination, he has suffered a 26-point swing of loss of support. How do we explain this? We'll get into it with the overtime here. We're going to tape it right now, put it up later today for you at blazetv.com slash days. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.